On the day of resurrection, Jesus appears to ten of the twelve apostles and a few other disciples. One of the apostles, Judas, having betrayed Christ, has already taken his life. Another apostle missing is Thomas, who was not with the group at that time. Thus, ten of the twelve find themselves locked in together in a room on a second floor. The apostles continue to be in a state of fear of the Jewish authorities that had handed Jesus over to be killed. They are devastated that their Lord, their Master, had been executed in such a cruel and criminal manner. Suddenly, out of nowhere, the Lord appears in their midst, having entered the room even though the door is locked. He greets them with words of peace and well-being, saying, Peace be with you. The apostles recognize that this is the Lord they so much love and feel great joy and affection and peacefulness in those moments. Jesus again says to them, Peace be with you. Then he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. It is based on this exchange with Jesus and the apostles that he establishes the sacrament of reconciliation. Let's consider for a moment what might have been an alternate approach or reaction of Christ with his apostles the first time he encounters them post-resurrection. The moment is ripe for Jesus to settle some pending matters with these men, to settle the score. The Lord had allowed them to get amazingly close to his life, walking along with Christ 24-7 during a three-year span. Christ had taught them, guided them, cared for them, cured them of ailments, fed them, and had shared with them his most inner thoughts and plans. Yet, when Christ found himself facing his passion and suffering, all but one of his so-called friends ran. They abandoned him. One betrayed him. Another repeatedly denied knowing him. They left him alone to face the authorities and his murderers. And now Jesus has just defeated death. He is in his resurrected body and is once again face to face with his supposed friends. It would seem that the time is right to settle matters with them. Yet, Christ does nothing of the sort. Instead, he immediately offers them peace, love, hope, and reassurance of his ongoing friendship. As the psalmist says today, the Lord's love endures forever. 
In this same Gospel of John, in the chapter right after this, Jesus appears yet again to several of his friends who have spent all night fishing without a single catch. In the morning hours as they approach the shore, they realize that Christ is on land anticipating their arrival, for he has fish and bread on a charcoal fire waiting on them. Just as Christ had previously washed their feet, here again, the Lord is the one serving them, caring for them, feeding their first meal of the day. Jesus continues to show us and teach us by his example that we are always to lavish our brothers and sisters with our love and our service. The apostles, having seen and been with the risen Christ, are quite animated when they let Thomas know. Thomas does not believe them and says he would first have to see the marks of the nails in Christ's hands, put his fingers in them, place his hand into the wound on his side, and only then would he believe. The following Sunday, the Lord appears again in the same room while they are all present. Jesus offers them the greeting of peace and immediately addresses Thomas, showing him his wounds. While Thomas is finally convinced by what he sees, Christ says to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Amongst all of us, there may be a number of Thomases who have difficulty believing. In the Gospels, and particularly in the Gospel of John, we find a distinction with regards to faith. It's the distinction of hearing versus seeing in order to believe. Our faith in the Lord is more effective if we begin by listening to God's Word. So many people that followed Jesus during his public ministry did not listen closely to his Word, but instead were waiting to see his next sign, the next miracle. And they witnessed how Christ brought the dead back to life healed the sick, expelled demons, and more than 5,000 men and women saw with their own eyes that Jesus fed that entire multitude with only a few fish and a few loaves of bread. And yet, that was not enough to solidify their faith in Christ. They would insist on needing to see yet another sign. Consequently, the great majority of followers and disciples, one by one, they left Jesus and his ministry. Seeing did not suffice. At present, of the almost 8 billion inhabitants in the world, just around 20% are Christian. That is one out of every five persons is Christian. 
Of all Christians that call themselves Catholic, only one out of three believe in the real presence, believe in Jesus' body and blood being truly present in the Eucharist. And of all of us Catholics today in the world, only between 10 and 15% attend Mass on Sundays regularly. We ought to hear again the words of Christ to the Apostle Thomas 2,000 years ago. Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. It's no wonder that Jesus Christ is seeking humanity's attention so that we may truly believe in his redeeming grace to strengthen our faith in his plan of eternal salvation. And so it is that Jesus appeared to a young Polish girl this past century, and his message was one of faith and mercy. Today, on the second day of Easter, the church also celebrates Divine Mercy Sunday, a celebration instituted by the late saint and pope, John Paul II. The devotion to the Divine Mercy was established by another saint, who as John Paul II is also a native of Poland, Maria Faustina Kowalska was born in 1905 in the small town of Glogowitz in Poland. Already as a young girl, the Lord was preparing her for a life of holiness. Faustina would find that at various moments and in certain occasions, she would have a close and vivid sense of the Lord's presence. In one such instance, being a young adolescent, Faustina traveled with some of her girlfriends to a dance party in a nearby city. Faustina enjoyed music and loved to dance. While at the party, the moment came when a boy was inviting her to come out and meet him on the dance floor. As Faustina approached the middle of the dance floor, suddenly she could no longer hear the music, could not see the crowd of youngsters on the dance floor, nor could she see the young man that had asked her to dance. Faustina could only see Jesus standing there. Jesus was telling her that he was all she needed that Jesus wanted Faustina to be solely his. From that night forward, young Faustina Kowalska began the journey that would eventually take her to join a convent. At a later date, Faustina has a revelation of Jesus Christ seeing the resurrected Lord with water and blood projecting out from Christ's heart. And that is the image of divine mercy established by Sor Faustina. The water and blood in that revelation signify the sacraments in the church 
particularly the sacraments of baptism and reconciliation. With his water, Jesus cleanses our sins and welcomes us into his mystical body, the church. With his blood and his body, Jesus feeds us so that we may have a fraternal and more intimate relationship with him. Thomas and the other apostles struggled recognizing the risen Christ. When Christ reveals himself to them, he does not have the appearance he had prior to his death. After the resurrection, Christ has entered a new reality in his resurrected body. With God's grace, we have all come to believe in Christ's body being present here at the altar in a new reality of bread and wine. The majority of us Catholics who attend Mass regularly on Sundays do not have to see extraordinary signs. We know and believe that the word we hear proclaimed, the gospel of Jesus Christ, is the living word of God that continues to transform each one of us. And we also know and believe that in the priest at the altar, we have Jesus himself in persona Christi, who breaks the bread of life for us and invites us to partake in the meal. Jesus Christ, just as he was accustomed to having the apostles recline at table with him, invites us to join him at the altar of the Mass with utmost faith and consume his body and blood for our eternal salvation.